Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, here we are, friends, in the final stretch with Dwight and Matt. In Ranger, although uh, he, he find, Ranger was laying up on the table across Dwight's Bible, so I'm glad he left so we can actually read this scripture. And Ranger's a she. She is? Uh-huh. Well, we have a cat named Rick, and it's a she as well. So we're messing this up. Like we our, are. Our cat's identities, yes. Well, it is Friday, February 4, and it's a longer passage today, so we're just going to kind of jump into it, and then we'll we'll summarize after we've read it and talked a little bit. So the passage is Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And this passage is titled, Do Pigs Float? No, it's called, Jesus Restores a Demon-Possessed Man. Here we go. (laughs) They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs were feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but he said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. So I asked you— And some of the people were now unemployed. Yes, yes. Do pigs float? I mean, that's the imagery that came to my mind when I was preparing this. Like, gosh, 2,000 pigs. Right. Like all like in a, in a body of water. What like, a mess. Do they bob up and down or do they sink? Like, I don't know. Like, could you just like, could you grab them and, and like, you know, still eat them? Like, 
I, those are the kind of thoughts that mm. first went through my mind. And then the Spirit brought me back to the true heart of the story. <laughs> okay. But that's how my mind thinks sometimes. So what do you feel is the true heart of this story? <clears throat> I think Jesus' heart is the heart of this story. Because mm. we just read yesterday that Jesus came to set the captives free. Mm-hmm. He meant yeah. it. And this is a demonstration of oh, that. Yes. If you, I mean, is there a more literal description of a person who's captive? Mm-hmm. I mean, they tried to put him in, in chains, keep him captive physically, but this is a spiritual captivity yeah. that he's dealing with. Yep. And this is a picture like of, of Jesus um, putting into practice and in, in demonstrating, like, this is why I came. Yeah. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. You know? I'm not just to get everyone here to heaven. I'm here to bring heaven to earth. Mm. In, 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 in heaven, there's freedom. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm bringing freedom to captives here on earth. It's, it's a powerful, amazing story. Yeah. Tell me, like, we were just talking before we pressed record. Yeah. You were just in Israel. <clears throat> yeah. Tell me, like, about this story and about your, your moment in Israel and, yeah. and what came to mind for you. Right. So this region... You know, it says that they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. So we often hear this phrase, and Jesus went to the other side of the lake. Well, this was Gentile territory. Yeah. And this is where a territory that guys, good old church boys like Peter and James and John, you don't go to the Decapolis. Right. You don't go to the region of the Gerasenes. Those are unclean people. I've actually heard some scholars, you know, imagine that this might have been the area where the prodigal son went. Hmm. You know, took right. all the father's money and yeah. said, going to Vegas, like I'm going to the other side, I'm going yeah. to the Decapolis. And that's where he squandered all. I mean, there's pigs in that story. And there's Absolutely. obviously this I is a region of, that. of pigs. Yeah. yeah. So so I have a question. Your question is, do pigs float? Yeah. My, my question is, did any of the other disciples get out of the boat? I, I wonder the same thing. I have a little note in my Bible because it doesn't really say it. And I said, did the disciples get out of the boat? It says Jesus got out of the boat. Right. Because... Mm-hmm. If I was Peter or James or John, I'd be thinking, we should not be here. I bet you're right. You know? I can imagine that scenario. And, and even if, okay, clearly, Jesus, who we're, we're following this guy and we believe in this guy, he, he has a purpose for being here, but what is our purpose for being here? Anyway, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they just stayed in the boat and just watched this whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, or if they were kind of hanging in back and... Um, it's does that okay? So does that make you think of like um, I think it's later on after this, but the disciples are in a boat with Jesus out on I think the same sea, yeah. And there's a storm, yep. And uh, Jesus is watching them from a mountain. He's praying for him. He comes walking out there, uh, and in one of the gospels, it talks about how Jesus invites them to get out of the boat, like in in the storm on the water, yeah. And only Peter, yeah, you know, gets out of the boat, yeah, um, like. Here they're on dry land, yeah. and they're still afraid to get out of the boat, like possibly. Like mm-hmm. I, I think there's a, a metaphor in here. You yeah. know, We need to get out of the boat. Right on. Mm-hmm. But you asked me earlier uh, what my experience was in Israel. So uh, both Matt and I, on separate trips, mm-hmm. we uh, went to this region, which is on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, and we went to a lookout point where you could kind of look down maybe – a thousand feet or so, and you can see where the mountain just sort of goes right down into the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. And this was the Decapolis. I mean, this was the other side of the lake. 
So, and I was telling Matt earlier, it looked just like I pictured it, you know, um, and I could look down and just see right there, you know, that herd of pigs, you know, uh, I can just see them running down into the water. So, um, yeah, this whole trip was, was just such a, an affirmation of what we read about in the scriptures. It's real. These aren't just fairy tales. Yes. Every little geographic description that you read in the gospels, you can go to those places yeah. today. Yeah. They still exist. So cool. You know, which just confirms in your mind, wow, this, this really is history. It's, it's not just uh, religious fables. Um, but anyway, uh, regarding, here, here's another question I had. Mm-hmm. When the demons said, can you at least cast us into the pigs? And Jesus says, okay. Mm-hmm. He, he had to know that that herd of 2,000 pigs mm-hmm. belonged to somebody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yet he allowed it to happen. And then they all went down the hill and, and died in the water. And then the people from the town came and they're like, could you please leave? Like, get out of here. We, we don't want you around here. Um, so there again, kind of like in what the passage we read yesterday, where he, he really w- stirred things up. But he healed the demoniac, he, mm-hmm. the, the man who was possessed with all these demons. And so it's messy. Yeah, yeah. His ministry is messy. It's disruptive. It's disruptive. Disruptive to, to people's lives. Right. But, but he seems more concerned about you know, setting prisoners free than he does about uh, like somebody's business productivity. <laughs> right. You know? And you, you would think... That he might at least say, hey, sorry, sorry, Mr. Uh, uh, what's a good Jewish name? I, or no, a good Gentile name. Green Jeans. Sorry, Mr. Green Jeans. Uh, you just lost all your pigs. Yeah. Um, I'll pray that God yeah. reinvigorates your business, you know, or, or yeah. something. Um, There's a singular mission in a pathway that, that he's walking. And, um, you know, uh, another part that... Um, <clears throat> Just speaking of mission, this this makes me think of that. Like, I just appreciate um, what this man does after like he's made right and whole and set free. Yes. Um, obviously, understandably, he's like, I want to stick around this guy. Like, can I go with you? Yeah. Like wherever you go, like I just want to go with you. Yes. And and Jesus doesn't allow him to. He doesn't. It says he mm-hmm. doesn't let him, but he tells him. And and sometimes Jesus says. Don't tell anybody. But here he seemed okay with it. Like, because yeah. he knows this guy's going back into Gentile territory. Yep. And that's who he came, you know, to include into the yep. family of God. Yep. Like, go, go home and tell people um, how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Yes. There's, there's our marching orders. That's like, right. Go home, go to, the, go to the people around you, whoever they are. You know, at work, at school, um, in your neighborhood, uh, go to where the people are that you know that you hang out with, and just tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how He's had mercy on your yes. soul. You don't have to know how to like share the gospel theologically. Tell people what God has done for you. Hmm. Tell them how good He's been to you. Yes. Just start with that, 
and trust like he told Jeremiah, he'll give you the words. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll give you the words in the moment when mm-hmm. you need them. But he's counting on us to go do this, to go and tell. And are, are you flipping ahead a little bit? to nope. like Because like if you do flip ahead, um, like to Matthew 15 or to Mark 7, um, there's these crowds that gather and then there's the feeding of the 4,000 in that same region. Like why are there crowds gathering now? Probably because some guy who used to be in chains um, has been set free and he's telling everyone about right. this Jesus. Reminds yeah. me of the the woman at the well, like in The Chosen. Yes. I must tell everyone. Right. I must tell everyone. Yeah. And she does. Yeah. And, and it draws a crowd for Jesus. Yep. Like um, that's powerful witness right there. I mean, is like the, the mercy he experienced <clears throat> led to a message in his life um, that um, got set on mission. Yes. And that was worth the mess. It was worth the mess. Because Jesus could see that there, there's going to be a trajectory here with this mm-hmm. guy, with this one guy's life. Mm-hmm. And it says he, he began to tell in the Decapolis. Decapolis is, uh, it's 10 cities. Yeah, it's true. Right? Yeah. So it sounds like he told He people, got around. He got around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. How much Jesus had done from him and all the people were amazed. Yeah. So I just. That's a powerful part. Yeah, and Rod Van Sulkema, who is our rabbi mm-hmm. uh, on this trip that Betsy and I went on back in October, said that by the end of that century, that region was like 80 to 90% Christian. Come on. And maybe the spark was one man. Yes. The having spark a personal was encounter with story. Jesus. That's right. Life changed forever and couldn't help but tell everybody. Right. Out of obedience to the Lord. Right. And so, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, and the, and this, the Decapolis was was probably like a a Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, a place where little West Michigan homeboys like us would be like, well, what are we going to do in a big secular, godless city like that? Mm-hmm. You know, well, one person can make a big difference. Yeah, you man, know? take take that with you, listeners. Um, one person. Uh, <clears throat> In partnership with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, um, it's transformational. Amen. So you were saying, maybe just kind of to close, but mm-hmm. uh, like this story always you know, makes you think of like somebody in your life. And, mm-hmm. and my guess is all of us, maybe maybe even some of us listening, like we can't just think of somebody like this in our life. Like maybe we were that person, mm-hmm. you know, at one point. I mean, I mean, I. I'm sure there's people listening who um, once were one way and now are another, and the only difference is Jesus, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but we're really far one way yeah. before Jesus. I mean, I know there's there's people listening like that, and yeah. but all of us were apart from Jesus, you know, um, yeah. but, but like, it probably makes us think of some people in our yeah. lives, and it does for you, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a friend that I've known for over, since my, since my early 20s. Uh, who has been in and out of prison and in and out of jail just multiple, multiple, multiple times and in and out of drug rehab programs and all that. And when I pray for this friend of mine, I often think of this story because mm-hmm. I feel like no one can subdue him. Mm-hmm. No one can fix him. You know, And I just keep praying, Jesus, encounter him the same way you did this, this demon-possessed guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he needs a face-to-face encounter with you. And, and you need to deliver him of whatever evil has, has – because uh, no one can subdue him. And I can't either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought 30 years ago, all this kid needs 
is is just a kind of a big brother. Uh-huh. He just to walk with him, and and sometimes that's all somebody needs to sort of, you know, um, snap him back to reality and and bring him to the gospel, and they're good. Well, I've tried to be a big brother to to this guy, and so far it hasn't worked. You know, no one was strong enough to subdue no him. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Um, so I my prayer is that in in my lifetime. I get emotional thinking about this. Hmm. That one day I will see him dressed and in his right mind and and eager to go with Jesus. Amen. You know, just saying, can I go with you, Jesus? Wherever you're going, I want to go. Yeah. Nope. Just stay here in Holland and just tell all these all the people in, in the in the underworld of this this community who know you very well, mm-hmm. including all the the entire Holland police force knows this guy's name, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, go talk to them and just tell them what the Lord's done for you. Amen. May it be so. <laughs> May it be so. May it be so. And, and Lord, we just, whoever it is for us in our lives that we're in relationship with, that we love, that just is captive, um, we, we, we speak freedom and we pray for, for that day. Uh, to come soon, yes. Um, where they have an encounter with the the the, the living Jesus, the, mm-hmm. and His power comes to bear, uh, His authority, you know, gets demonstrated in their lives, and and they have a transformation that they can't help but tell people about. Yes. Um, may we, may we step into that, Lord. May may we get out of the boat. Hmm. May we get out of the boat and go where Jesus goes, um, in 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 travel with Him. May that be so. Dwight, I've, I've enjoyed so. this week. Me too. Uh, thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. Um, this was a lot of fun. I, I pray that it was fruitful for those who are listening, because um, uh, I know it has been for me. So thanks for your leadership this week. You bet. Mm-hmm. All right. God bless you all. See ya. Bye-bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.